Edition. This is The Hunting Quest. The Hunting Quest. We take one hour of every week and talk about our favorite things in the world, hunting and fishing. You'll get tips and help on the fishing environment locally in the DMV area. Plus, we're going to have fun along the way. This is The Hunting Quest. And now your hosts, Mike Tippin and Mark Davis. All right. Well, this has been an eventful day today. Uh, we have uh, we have been um, unsuccessful at a bunch of stuff um, with this podcast, right? Today's been uh, today's been fun. There we go. We started the clock. All right, cool. We're on the clock, right? <laughs> so today is September sixteenth, right? We believe it's episode thirteen. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, episode 12 or 13. It see, would make sense if this is episode 13. It would, because it's been nonstop, nothing good about it. So this is like the this third time we've been on tonight. Yeah. Um, I guess now we're just going to go ahead and tape it. Yeah. And then we're going <laughs> to we're gonna put it forward. So yeah. uh, we've been trying all night tonight, and it's, uh, so what, it's 8.30? Yeah. So we're, we're pretty late into the day now. But we're going to go ahead and try to duplicate. <laughs> it's been a long day, though. We're going to try to duplicate what we've done three times. So try duplicate the, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, the actual podcast thus far. So starting off. Um, how was your week? Oh, we wow. Start with that. How was my week? It's <laughs> funny you say week because it's more like two weeks. Because we know. So we're like so all too excited. So, um Really, it's not so much about the week. It's about right. it's a couple of weeks because we haven't had the um, right. Uh, because we <laughs> haven't had the because um, we haven't had the podcast because of the um, because of the NRA event, right? Which was last weekend, and that it was the Friends of the NRA. Um, <clears throat> we were out there. We were going to go ahead and broadcast live from there. Unfortunately, um, staffing issues, technical issues, yep. and not for the lack of us not buying fancy equipment, because um, no. that, that we've been doing. Yeah, uh, We just weren't able to make it work. So, you know, things happen. We would like yeah. to. Maybe next year. We'll have a little more hands-on next year. Yep. So, But so the event was kind of <laughs> the event. The, yeah, the event was cool. So, as always, a success. You know, yeah. anytime you have them, if they, if they have it, it was success. It made yeah. enough money. That was my first time there, so they, it was it was cool. The auction was fun. So, you know, that being said, it is, like, the first one since COVID. It's been back around. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the showing wasn't quite what it used to be. I mean, you used to have it at the Loudoun County ones. You would have uh, 150 people or so. Right. That's what everybody said. Yeah, and it's just, it's hard to get those numbers back up when people haven't been to something like this in two right. or three years. People don't want to do anything. Um, so, I, but we're getting we're getting back to the real world, so it's getting there. Um, yep. One thing to state about the NRA, Friends of the NRA that we talk about, is I do want to specify to people that no matter what your political beliefs are with the NRA itself, and a lot of people have different thoughts, um, I always tell people that look at the Friends of the NRA not so much as an NRA organization because they are separate from the NRA. Right. They are doing fundraising for your local things. Um, right. Scholastic shooting teams, Boy Scout programs, 4-H programs, yep. Girl Scouts, things like that. So that money's not going to the political engine right. of the NRA. It's going for the it's things that are actually going to work. It's going to the things in your in, in your area, right. too. That money's staying close. Yeah. And they even do, when, when you go to a banquet, they'll even tell you like where the money was spent, who yeah. got what. So yeah. um, I always tell people it's a good thing to, to get out there. Unfortunately, we didn't even have a lot of time this year to talk about it right? because it kind of came randomly. Yep. Like quick, so um, next year we'll have a little more to talk about, a little more about it. I'll try to share some of the um, raffles and stuff they have throughout the year as well, yeah. um, and then also about the event itself. So I think anybody that can go, it's a fun time. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chance of Winnicon's good. The food's decent. The ticket's really not bad. I liked the food. You're a picky well, eater. I don't know. I thought the food was good this time. Yeah. So, you didn't um, like the taquitos. I don't know what those things were. I don't they were delicious. Taquitos. They were like weird little things. You guys, so I got there really late. <laughs> you not did. Gonna, not going to say why. Anna Morse. I mean, Anna Davis. There's actually. Oh. So, actually, let me correct that really quick. Anna actually never changed her name. Ooh. So that's why when I said Morrison, technically it's his right name. But uh-huh. Anna Davis sent me on a wild goose chase right before the event. Yeah, I heard. All over the place. Right. So, um, yeah, that was a big pain in the butt. So I got there late. You guys had made a plate of offals and put it on there. Here, eat all these <laughs> things. That one it was all good. And, uh, and of everybody course, else there at that table enjoyed all of it that was, well, with. With one exception. Okay, I think every person cautioned me on a different item. So by the time every well, everybody didn't like one, and there were only like five things, so all of you didn't like one item. I didn't. There was nothing there that I didn't like. Well, that's because I don't know. I didn't try the mystery meat on the stick. Well, see, I ate all the things. You looked at them. You had an option. I was just stuck. That well. So but, you knew where the food was. But I will say that the um, <laughs> the actual food wasn't bad. The actual. I thought the food was great. The entree, like what yep. they served, was good. They did like a buffet thing. So the potatoes. Fun. Roasted potatoes. Potatoes were good. Um, <laughs> I think Katie ate was, like 12 of those things. Yeah, she weighs about 60 pounds, and she's just down there eating 12 pounds of potatoes. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a fun time. Yep. Um, it was good. Like I said, I suggest anybody to sign up, go, you know, do those raffles, do those things. It's always fun. Yeah, it was it, like, it I had kids. a good time. But to me, it's important to get the kids into things. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about the website a yep. little bit for the store. Um, the website is up and running. It's been up and running for a few weeks now. Yep. Um, it's doing well. Knocked a lot of the kinks out of it. A lot of the issues that we had are gone. I bought my ammo from there. Um, yes, a lot of people have been buying ammo from there because it yep. works out really well. So if you're familiar with the store, you know that we don't really mark our ammo prices up yep. other than what we you know, normally sell them for. And nowadays that's not the common. So what happens is when our ammo comes in, it tends to, to leave the shelf really fast. Yep. So we normally don't have much of ammo at all sitting around just because it goes so fast, which is a double-edged sword. So I tell people that if you're looking to buy ammo and you want something specific, go to our website. If it's on the website listed and it ships it, it's there. Yep. So you're gonna get it. So There's if no if BS you're looking of for nine like and they got a case of nine and you order it, it's gonna come in. There's always a coupon code usually float around for at least ten percent off. Right. So at the end of the day, it winds up usually being a, a pretty good deal and it's free shipping if it ships it here. Yep. Now it'll drop shit to your house too, and I don't know what the fee cost for that. For some people that might work out great too. I don't know. But, I had to come here. So. But if you have it shipped right to the store, <laughs> come here. That. Here's like sitting on the counter for the It's a giant box. Um was that three hundred Weatherby Mag? Yep. So um the website's up and running. It's really good. As I said before, they'll drop ship, of course, if you get a gun in. Yeah, you got to come here to the transfer. Um, so we got guns, ammo, gun accessories, stuff like that up. Yeah, but we are gonna go ahead and have the other edition on. Hopefully soon, we're meeting with um, our IT person on Monday a little more to get the other page open, which will be the fishing stuff. So that'll be the fishing gear, the lures, all that kind of stuff like that. Yep. Um, I'm which excited. is which is good too because if you're looking like for specific things too, yep. um, like if you want some re- like a large amount of some line that's random yep. that you can get it, you know, just um, not Saint Croix yet. Certain stuff like that. You're working on that. So the Saint Croix stuff is a little tricky. They're really really specific about yep. their price point because I get it. To be fair market, um, so it's hard to sell out of the stuff online. So for example, when we do like a bulk 10 percent off coupon, if I had Saint Croix stuff listed. And they found that that would be a violation of code. Yep. So they could we could lose our, our yeah. Uh, you don't always them. I mean, 
like we said before, we're we're probably one of the larger ones around. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. As far as the St. Croix dealers go, in and the not area. just the larger ones around. You're one of the larger ones that has it in stock. Yes, um, I think that's kind of the important part because it, I'm a I'm a person, especially when it comes to fishing rods. I want to hold it. I want to see what it's like. I mean, you you won't really have a feel for a rod until it gets in your hand. And well, and it's like we said before. We talked about like the, the big box stores. Yep. Some of them, I think it's only like one left, too. They'll have St. Croix rods. They'll have you know, Mojo Basses, some Victories. They might have yep. one or two of the other random ones, but once they're gone, they're gone. They don't really tend to have a lot. Yep. Whereas we tend to carry just about the whole series of each series that we carry. Yep. So when we have like the Mojo Bass and the Victories, and we have the Yak rods, and we yep. have the Mojo Glass, and then we'll have like you know, Legend Elites and Walleyes, we tend to have the whole series of those. Yeah. So you can kind of look at all the different weights you want. Now, sometimes it's hard to get in certain ones that are really specific that everybody's going for. Yeah, yeah. But we try to have a, a really good selection, too. We, I mean, we even have, like, you know, we sell a lot of musky rods every year. You yeah. Know? And it's kind of hard to forecast. Yeah, you were telling me about that. And well, it's becoming a bigger thing It's becoming here, a bigger so. thing around here. People are starting to understand that it's not a mythical story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. That, they're, that they're out there. So they buy these rods, and they sell out pretty quick. So that's pretty good. I mean, we even have, like, a... Legend walleye uh, reels. Yep. I mean, uh, rods over there, which are really expensive. They're nice. And you can use it for a lot of other stuff other than walleye, um, you know, for the spinning rod setup. So I we, picked one up for Allie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, awesome, dude. We try to have a lot of the different, you know, um, setups here. We've even got the whole series of the panfish and the trout. Right. Um, spinning rods. Yep. So it, it's just those things that we have. So whereas you go to some of the other places, like I said, the big box stores, the price is going to be the same. Yep. It's not going to be cheaper because they're going to let them. And they're, not, they're just not going to have the ones that we have. Now, we are towards the end of the, I'm not going to say the end of the fishing season because it's weird, but we're towards the end of the stocking season. Right. Because we're going to get back. Well, 2022s in, are, is are winding are out. Coming and down. And we're going to get the 2023 stuff coming in. Right. So right now, we're, you're going to see it. So we're not going to have a whole lot of that. Right. But you're going to have your stock. rep. Well, so that was something we were talking about too. Yeah. Um. So the, the rep's going to come in on. Oh, one real quick thing about yeah. the website too. Um, also on the website, if you're looking for hunting gear, oh yeah, 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 this yeah. is what we're gonna talk about too. Um, you'll have to search it and look. And if you have any issues, you're looking for stuff, tell us. But you should be able to access uh, lines, um, stands, salt blocks, um, you know, feeders, all that big stuff that you right. get. We, of course, we don't have the space here to stock that kind of stuff. Right. But if you order it, it'll drop ship here. And I think, and, and we're not 100 percent sure yet because we haven't shipped any of the big stuff. But with us, normally, when we ship from distribution, it doesn't cost us extra to ship because right. it just pallet it. So like, you were looking at a stand that was like 400 pounds yeah. or something, yep. and that stand was going to freight for like $15, right? which was cheaper <laughs> than any way you were going to order it online or anything. Yeah. There's no so, way I could ever get that here, you know, anywhere. So so if you're looking for some of those bigger ticket items, um, they you should be able to find them now. If you can't, call us and talk to us about them. Um, right. And then we also are working right now with Garmin to be a master Garmin. I'm dealer. stoked about that, man. It's so, gonna be really cool. Hopefully, that's that's like a 99 percent thing. I think it's right. going through. It's, I probably talked about it a little earlier than I should have, but I, I think it's gonna go through just fine. Um, so he's once that goes through, the rep will come up. Maybe we talk to him about coming on the podcast too. Oh yeah, I really love cool. it. I haven't met him yet. But let's see how it goes. Yeah, most of those those reps. Once you get to that level of like a master dealer, they'll tend to go through. But the biggest advantage is gonna be that when we if we do sign up for that, we get that. We'll be high tier up, but we'll actually be able to get some some pretty good pricing and, and right. a lot of the options too for people. I think that's so, cool. 
That'll be another thing that we'll be able to really get into carrying. And I don't think people, you know, people kind of understand. So, for example, one of the things that I'm a big fan of Garmin about is if I hunt alone, my wife has, you know, yep. she, she likes having me around, and I don't know why. I, I tell everybody she hasn't figured it out. You know, I, I married up, and she hadn't figured it out. But, um, you know, they have the emergency beacons, and I think that that's probably one of the coolest things. You know, Spot's been around for a while, but Garmin's there. Uh, they're making big deals. They're affordable now. Yeah, they're very affordable. Whereas before, all so, you had them for was for marine right, vessels. Exactly. And they popped when they went underwater. Absolutely. And they were like $6,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were a one-time use thing. Yep. You pray now, you never have to use them. Now you just have it. You can pop it yep. multiple times. Absolutely. Um, no, they're they're yeah. a true lifesaver. Yep. And yeah. they've got the watches and the G- they still do the GPS stuff and they do a great job with that. Yeah. You want to look so at so many things. Dog collars. That's right? one of our bigger sellers is the... Uh, GPS dog collars. Yeah, that's wild. That's what everybody wants. Well, what's so neat about those, and we won't get too far into it, we'll, we'll, yeah. and this will be a great discussion with Garmin guy, but like those collars, you can track like 25 dogs on a unit. <laughs> that's crazy. So you can go ahead, you can get like 25 collars, hit like 25 dogs, and my numbers might be off, but and then like do all different kinds of controls for them, tone them, do all kinds of things, do different dogs. And because I remember somebody had showed me a video where they were out hunting and their right. dogs just started doing dumb stuff. Oh, yeah. And they showed where, like, they're all going this way and, like, three dogs just wander off this way. <laughs> and start, like, going left and right, left and right, and wandered around and wandered around. And it hit data logs at all. Oh, yeah. And to me, it was the coolest thing. And then at the end, they came back with the rest like they were doing, like they were hunting the whole time. Right. And they weren't. They were just all, like, ticking around. <laughs> so it's just the, the stuff that they make is just. Oh, yeah. And then between that and the fish finder stuff, you know, oh, yeah. it, the, the crazy. That's the part I forget about. That yeah. world's changed so much. I remember side scan years ago when Hummingbird was one of the first ones to bring side scan to like the yep. entry level boat owner thing. Side still, scan was a, was yeah, around. It, it, that was like twelve grand. Dude. So it was a stupid expense. Maybe not that expensive. But it was up there. Well, so it was always around for years for like rescue. Yeah, I remember yeah. when you would have your towables. Yep, and that shit was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's how they find bodies and stuff. Yep. And then when it first came out, my father bought a unit that had side really? sweep on it for, from Hummingbird. And we used to drive around like the Potomac and the Wicomico and like Brenton Bay. And we go through and you could see hauls of boats under the mud. Oh, that's crazy. Like where they were, and they've been there so long, it was just yeah. like an outline. Yeah. But to me, it was the craziest thing. Now, the downside of the old units was over time the sensors just they wore out, they didn't work anymore. But now with like this like live view stuff where you're yeah. looking at live action, you they've know, got them on kayaks, the man. Fish move, and it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, they've got like scupper holes, and I mean, like they've got they're building kayaks so that you can have this capability in them. I mean, think of it. I mean, this was on huge salvage recovery, you know, vessels, and now it's right you know, on a twelve volt rechargeable battery. Yes, yeah, it, you got insane. a power pack in your in your yeah. pocket, and you hook two wires together, and it works exactly. You know, it's stuff totally that never, crazy. Yeah, that was ridiculously huge stuff. I mean, if you look at the guys that found. Um, was it is it Odyssey that, that finds all the crazy stuff? They oh found yeah, that giant pirate. Yeah, the, the, the Spanish treasure. Yep. and they found, I think they found the Civil War Ironside boat. Yep. But they're the ones that find all the stuff that can't be found. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know when they started, that's that was their big thing. They had they had crazy sides for some yeah. they towed. Yeah, and I'm sure if you were the equivalent of what they were using 20 years ago, oh, now, I I'm could sure imagine what everybody has in the boat. Yeah, you go back, you know, like Mel Fisher's like the big name, and he's the one who found the Atocha. You know, and uh, you know the Spanish doubloons and all of that stuff, and that that whole story behind it. But you look at what that man went through just to get to where he's at. Those guys, I, I was saying, I was telling somebody one day how how nuts that was that they'd have those big those big like 
research vessels, kind yeah. of. And they would have those um, U-shaped <laughs> funnels that funneled the prop wash yeah. down, down the bottom yep. to dig. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's the craziest thought. Oh, yeah. That you would just fire that up, full throttle, yeah. dig out a hole, let it settle, then dive down there and try to find what was in the hole. I right. mean, it's just incredible they found anything. It's insane. I don't yeah. I don't know how they I mean, and you would think, you know, it's a, the the cool thing is is like the Atocha with Mel Fisher, they've got the museum down in the key in mm-hmm. Key West, and you can go through there and, and if you're ever there, I highly recommend it. It is so cool. Um, but you go through and you start to see how they, you know, how they 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 found stuff. They've got the whole story to it, but you see the like legit doubloons and but even more so. What's really cool is you can actually go out with them you and can buy a doubloon from yeah. them still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. off the Atosha for yeah. like twenty. Last time I saw them, like twenty two thousand dollars. That was there. a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. They they're way up there. They're way up there. And quality and all that stuff. But yeah. So anyway, we're we're we, we've kind of gotten off site. You were talking about. um there's the also website, there's though. also one really cool uh, museum in Ocean City or Delaware when you go up towards Fenwick that talks about a bunch of diving stuff too. It's really? Kind of, yeah, it's really cool. Huh. So it's in like a um, like yeah, like a gift shop in the bottom, and then the top has like a whole level. It's really cool. No kidding. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But it's not near as like the one of the Tosha or like the dive shop. Right, right. Yeah, no. like the dive museum down in Key yeah, It's nothing. So it's cool. nothing like that. But it's it's just neat to go. Yeah. Um. So okay. So yes, yeah, so we're talking about the website. So yeah, everything on the website will be up and going. Tree stands. Um. Tree stands. Everything. We'll have the fish and stuff up and going. So you can't get the tree stands yet, though, right? They might be able to. All I right. think so because I, it should be linked. Um, start. I mean, if you if you're really interested in some of that stuff, dig around the site, see what's there. Yeah. If you don't see what you want, call us. We can probably shoot an email. We probably find it. Um, we just have to slowly start to figure out now and stuff. To and I can get you squared away. Yeah, no question about it. If it's there, we can get it. And with the way the freight prices were, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, the bug stand and you know the blinds and they've got the 180 degree blinds and all oh, we're that talking stuff. About the, so. um, the hay bale blind. Yeah. Really cool. so <laughs> Absolutely. They got some really neat stuff out for the, you know, for the season coming up. Um, yeah. That's just amazing. So yeah, get on that site, order what you want. It's up 24 hours a day. Yep. If you have any issues, just an email, try to figure it out. Yep. Um, so far it's worked pretty well. Yeah. I've used it. I like it. It's cool. Couple issues here and there where people called and said, Hey, dude, let me do this or something. But for All the right. most part, it worked pretty well. Um, the fishing one will be up and going. Um, yeah. Like I said, hopefully we get the Garmin guy to come out and talk to him. Monday, my rep from St. Croix, is going to come in. Yep. Um, he's going to talk to me about the 2023 20, line right. of rods. So they always change stuff around, um, which is really cool. Sometimes it's hard to follow. You're like, what's the difference between this round that round? Oh, I couldn't imagine that. But when he brings the demos out, right. you can feel them and check them out. I go, okay, I see what the difference is. So he he got his demos. He's going to come in Monday, bring them in. I'm going to talk to him. I might try to get him on the show. Um, That'd be cool. It's kind of difficult because he's a, he's an area rep, so he's all over the place. Yeah. Um. He's actually he owns the rep company, so he's he's like a higher. Rep. Oh wow. So he's a little more difficult to get in, but if I can get him in, um, he can talk a little more technical about some of the stuff like that. That'd be there. awesome. If worst case scenario, I'll try to get some him to leave me some demos. Right. And we can talk about some of the stuff on yeah. the podcast itself. Maybe you do like a like a special edition, you know, video with him. Yeah, and- I something. You know, he's like I say, he's a real nice guy. Um, Pre-tape it. Yeah, true. <laughs> and he's been he's been with that company for for years. You know, repping for them. Um, and he really knows the product inside and out. So it's really good to have him on there. And he supported us well. So I I'd be wouldn't be surprised if he didn't want to get on and talk about. Oh, stuff. That's cool. Um, and that was something else we were discussing was that we did hit over a hundred um, followers. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. the YouTube page. Yep. Um, and we were going to do a drawing. 
we're gonna do drawing, we're gonna do stuff, but we have not made it yet. So everything's been a nightmare. We will yeah. have either the drawing on a separate tape before next week, uh, or we will have it and we'll announce it next week, or we will do something, but by next week it'll be done. Absolutely. Um at that point next week I will do the next giveaway. Right. Um so probably, we're not getting into that one yet. Yeah, not gonna take as long or be as crazy, but I do want to get that out there. That way people have another yep. you know opportunity to get into that. That'd be um, cool. That should be really fun because, you know, just switch things up, give people yeah. opportunity. Um, and then I want to talk about, we're constantly getting people talking about, oh, you have people on, but when are you going to have people on? Do yep. you have a schedule? Scheduling it's, is hard. It's hard. It's a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. We have a lot of people signed up that want to come on, but setting them up and having the times. I have some guys that they don't want to do it unless they're here. Right. And I have some guys who would rather do it over the phone, yep. and I have it going back and forth. And it makes it difficult because they tend to be in the area, yeah. the tri-state, but it's hard to pin them down on a Friday yeah, yeah, night yeah. to even come in. So I'm going to try to get a schedule done. I will tell you, like I said, I w- I'd like to get the St. Croix rep on. I'd like to get the guy from Garmin if we go forward with Garmin. Right. Um, we got a guy from FN. We already did Peter Dalton. That was the trapper. Yep. Awesome um, guy. I buy buddy from Christensen Arms is, is dying to be on the show. He said he was all about it. He wanted to come up and stay as soon as he could. And I said, well, we just sort it out. Um, and he'd be in here. Yeah, he'd be alive. He'd awesome. Be alive. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's a real good guy. He's been and he's been you know rapping for multiple companies every yeah. time. So he's really good talking. He doesn't yep. get nervous about things. I'm pretty excited to meet him. Oh, he's a great, good guy. Known him for years. Um, known him when he started rapping. I knew him when he was working at a Gander Mountain. You know <laughs> That's what I mean? awesome. So, and now he's now, so he's a rep for Christensen. Um, and then and it's Christensen. So I mean, yeah, it's good good quality. I called uh, Andrew, uh, the messy guy. And he's going to get on and talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, now he can't come up though. He's going to be. It'd be easier to probably get him on the phone. They yeah. just had a baby not too long ago, so yeah, like he's get, not coming up here. I'd like to get him on. Um, you know, do that. We got a guy who does some eastern shore fishing for yep. Sika Deer. Um, we know some guys from Iowa. They might be, might be able to get them to talk a little bit like that. Um, I like to get Tax Dermis on who talk a little bit. Yeah, about why? I don't know exactly. We haven't talked to him yet, but. You know what I mean? An idea. And then we talked to the guys about Bowfish a little bit. I'd like to talk to them again because that one podcast we dropped. Yep. I need, um, we need to make that right. And so, we got to talk to Cecil, who's one of the guys we went with. Yeah, too, Cecil so. definitely wants to come on. Um, um, and we owe him that as well. Get um, them on. And then the guys for Hoffman have had expressed some yep, interest in getting yep. on. Um, Farron um, wants to come on. Hoffman Archer. Um, he's just, and, and like everything else, hunting season's coming up. He is just slam busy. Um, it's crazy in his shop, and when you're when you're that good, you know you you're that good, and so oh, and speaking of because we've touched base on this before, yeah, we are we were really swamped. Um, we got super super swamped. I think I had a point where I had like you had a lot of guns in there, a lot of guns to clean and set up. I had like fifty guns in there, and then we we went through all those. We had like another seventy. We went through those. And we went through so. If you're getting yourself uh, sighted, I know be a patient. Call guys I'm waiting on pieces for, but if you're gonna bring it in, bring it. In. I had a guy who just snapped off the bolt, uh, the magazine release on like a 770. Um, so he's like, I can't go, so I got to find that part. So those things are are happening, and I right. get it because people are cycling their guns, trying to get sighted in. If you need stuff done, get it in now because we, like I said, we are yeah. Really or be start. patient. And understand it's not going to happen overnight. If yeah, you know, if yeah. it, you know, as the season progresses, if I can fit it in as quick as I can, I will. Um, but it's just it's a little difficult right now. Yeah. And uh, what's well, it's like anything else, man. I mean, you knew we we've told people, hey, you got to get in here. You got to get you know get your stuff in here. Get it in early. Get it clean. Get it ready. You know, 
do you do your stuff ahead of time, and then you have people like me who you know last minute and say, "Hey, Mark, I need you to well, take care of this. It's broke." It's like somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I got this three by nine uh, Leopold yep. ring scope, whatever it is. You got some some mid or some high, you know, one inch rings? No, nope. <laughs> what? I had them. I ran out of them last week. I got to order them. Well, what's going to be? You're up to the before when things would took a day to three days. They're taking a week to two weeks, right? Um, just to get in, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's saying that we were able to order it that day because yep. we're not going to, I'm not going to order just one thing no. because if shipping's going to kill you. So we try to get that done. So a lot of the stuff that just common hand stuff at this time of year, we run real short on yep. just because we're doing so much of it. And then again, we don't, we don't stock a hundred sets because we're never going to need them yeah. until I say that. that we need sets. But <laughs> so it's one of those things where, yeah. So if you, if you, if you're looking and going, oh, I'm going to take it in, take it in now. And if you're not from around here and you have other shop you go to, you just take it to wherever you take it because everybody's <laughs> going to be the same way. I can tell you. It's yeah, not. It's, it's hunting season. This is the time of year where, where things get really, really backed up. Right. Um, and then this would also be the time of year if you are, uh, a lot of guys winterize their boats coming up. You know, it's getting around oh, after the stripers yeah. are done and stuff like that. You want to get your reels in um, to have them serviced uh, before that backlog gets up too. Cause that, that happens fast. So yeah, I'll drop mine off. Oh. Well, I'm not ready to drop mine off. That, are, so. Well, your freshwater stuff, you still got plenty of time left, but yeah, well. a lot of that saltwater stuff, those guys are there. Let's just start yeah. packing the boats up, but they'll, they'll probably fish till they'll fish November, till the yeah, where, end of October right at least, about. you know? So I, depends on the, on how the, I usually stop the week of Thanksgiving was about the last time I was yeah. out. Um, if well, I was going for the stripers. But well, it if, depends on the currents too, though. If not, well, it all, I mean, it depends on, the, you yeah. know, you are looking at a migratory fish. So right. Whatever they're doing. Um, but Gulf Stream sticks around a little bit longer. That was know, the goes last. away sooner, whatever. The last real thing I think you have here in this general area is the stripers. After that, it's kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of finish off for the winter. At least for me, I didn't go after anything. After <laughs> it's too cold. Yeah, it's too cold. It's way, way too uh, cold. I say I'm a, I'm a fair weather fisherman. Um, I don't. Uh, I will deal with some cold weather for certain things, and right. I will go limited to try to catch them. Uh, but I won't be out there all the time doing it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll fish in. I'll fish in rain. I'll fish in whatever. You know, I don't have a problem with that. But I don't like fishing in cold unless I'm ice fishing, and that involves a lot of bourbon. So I think it's really funny is if you go if you go to like a big fishing pier, yeah, um, in like a tidal area or yeah. like a bay or the ocean or something like that. And you go in June, July, August, whatever. That that place is packed. Oh yeah, you ain't get a spot to put your rod. You're trying to find somewhere to find somewhere to go. You go in like October. <laughs> there's like you and five of the guys, and you look, and everybody's got really nice stuff. Yep, because they're real dedicated, they're real dedicated you know, people. The guys that, that are out there dealing with the cold weather. Yeah, so it's a whole other breed at that point, you know. Yep. And it, it's it's a it's a different world. Yeah, a lot of times I found that I would just like the late bluefish run. Um, the stripers at, I would just go out the pier and I'd set up a chair and I'd put my stuff out. And I would just curl up in a sweatshirt. Yep. And that was the first time of the year I'm actually starting to get cold. Yeah. And I would just like fall asleep. <laughs> and I'd like wake up and look and go, oh, I got some of the rod. I, you know, reeled in because we were just live line and stuff. But, right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of wrapping up for those guys. They'll, they'll start wrapping their stuff up at the end of the, at the end of this month. Like, I can tell you, it is not wrapping up over freshwater fishing anytime no so the nice part about freshwater is you've got a whole other it's this is the different market right now yeah like they're getting into a really hot season for striper like this is when they they get it but after that it's yeah it's kind of over like like the like once the blues leave yeah yeah it's all done they're not coming back the spanish rackers not coming back you know all that stuff's going on 
and the, the, when the stripers start coming in, they come in, they feed, and they're, they're gone, and then that's it. So, um, yeah, they got plenty of time left. Like they said, they'll fish till November, but um, when they when they do start to winterize put set them in because they're bringing in, you know, six, seven, ten reels. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. They drop them off, and then the average guy having his bait caster done. Nah. That, that's that's not a big deal. But yeah, some of the other ones were ripping those internationals apart, especially too when they start to corrode, they get really hard to take apart. Oh uh, yeah, I saw. I was, I, I've seen the ones that you started to take apart. So yeah, they, they can become <laughs> become quite the mess. Um, so I'm trying to think if that was all I wanted to touch on about things you wanted to catch up on. So we talked about the rod. We talked about the NRA event. We talked about the giveaways and people coming on the yep, show. That's I think we, we got everybody. Um, the thing that we were going to discuss was we happened to have a discussion. Well, we got two things before we got to talk about. Before the yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yep. I'll track you. Yeah. So before the show, we were chatting a little bit about how I had started to get So I get a lot of people coming and asking fishing questions. Yep. And that's that's normal. That's, and it's, that's a bait shop for you. Yeah. It's generally the same kind of question. It's, hey, I'm kind of bored of, or I'm sick of just using like worms and catching panfish with a bobber. I, you know, I see lures. I don't understand them. What are some, some lures to go to or something like that? Or... Yep. I have some guys that have not from the area. I fished before. Yeah. What would you suggest using here, lure wise? I have some yep. education. I think that's awesome. By the that's way, that's usually it, it, that's a huge thing. That's usually about the group. So a lot of those guys, I'll show them a lot of the basic things that are similar that, that work and so yep. on and so forth. But mm, Labor Day weekend, I had a different kind of question, <laughs> and I and I had noticed it, and I thought it was really interesting, and I brought it up to you, and you talked about it too. Yep. So we have Slater Lake yep. here in. Um, well, it's Round Hill. I Round think Hill. is what it's called. Percival area that street turns into Round Hill at some point and it turns into Percival at another point. But I haven't quite figured that one out. Um, yet. it's a nice lake. Um, yeah. it's pretty good size. It's, oh, it's, it's a beautiful lake. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's um, um, we were there today. It's a public lake. It's uh, kind of one of those things that's more ninety nine percent accessible on a kayak. You know, there's no gas yeah. motors stuff like that. It's kind of hard to fish that lake without a like kayak. Yeah, you know, not you, a lot of shoreline. Uh, not not good like shoreline. That. I mean, there's a little bit and. And there's a couple of people out there that fish it, but yeah, yeah, definitely catch and, catch and release only. So, yep. um, produces some big, some big bass. I've seen some really, <laughs> really some really, really good big pictures. bass. Um, and it was private for years, so yep. the the stock is is really really nice. <laughs> it's that old story, you know. Somebody had a, you know, is this? Oh, somebody owned it, and somebody had a key, and you know, all yeah. Of that so stuff. it was and so it was, was a man made. It was a man made lake, right? For years, and then somehow. And then later on, they built a neighborhood next to it. And yeah. The neighborhood had access to it. Then the and then neighborhood the took it over. Neighborhood, and then and they realized then how expensive it was. To there was public it. access after that. So yeah, there's all these things of how it happened. But for a long time, it was just by itself. Yeah, very it private. Didn't get touched, but now now it's out there and it gets used a lot. So um, I had people come in and saying, "Hey, I was at Cedar," and that's normal. I'll say, "Hey, I'm at Cedar." Other guys at Cedar, what have they been using? And a lot of guys used to like. Um, you know, uh, the jackhammers, the jackbaits, um, you know, finesse rigs is a lot of what people are using yeah. and stuff like cool that. Cool new you know, rig just, stuff. Stuff yeah. like that. I go different. out there and you try know. new stuff out all the time. We were looking at the, the wacky rig kits and all the different yep. ways you could rig those. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff. So, By the way, I like that. But that's probably one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, so you don't stab yourself and it works well. Yeah. <laughs> so I, sh- I, I show people a lot of those kind of things, and then they'll say, you know, what, what do you use? And I show them what I traditionally use, which tends to be a little more old school stuff. But... The question was, hey, I'm out there, and the things that I used before aren't working right now, and they're not hitting. Yep. 
And I don't know if it's because of the temperature, the weather, or what's going on. And don't be wrong, it wasn't crazy hot over Labor Day weekend. It was warm, but it wasn't no. crazy hot. So that wasn't ruling it out. So the next question I said was, is the lake packed? Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, there's kids, there's people everywhere. everywhere. And I said, well, you're all on kayaks. So you're all fishing from a similar platform, doing right. similar types of things. And you're all probably using similar baits that worked in the past. Yep. So if you knew these things worked, you went back there and you've done them again, you probably throw very similar colors and similar things and similar depths, probably in the same spot as you yep. go over the lake. So the fish see it. I mean, they'll see this stuff halfway across the lake. So you know that they, they know over and over and over again, like, oh, I'm not hitting that because they're so pressured. Right. So the guys are like, well, what what would you do if you wanted to catch them at that time? I said, well, we'll revert back to simpler things. Yep. I said, right now you're using lures that are neat and different because you want to use something that's sure. neat and different because you want to be the first guy out there. And the first guy that gets it out there is the guy who catches the fish because they're the first time the fish sees it. Yep. And we talk about what do fish really see versus what it's supposed to be. I don't really know because I'm not a fish. Right. So like when we see things, and we go, <laughs> we does, can that, just does that look like a fish speculate. or what's it look like? But we do know with some simpler things like a uh, silver blade spinner was going to show that shine of a silver fish as it turns. Right. Um, you know, things like that. Jigs are going to look like crayfish and things moving on the ground or something darting around. Um, worms are going to look like worms. If you right. use a traditional worm in like some kind of Texas rig or something where it's bouncing off the bottom, it's right. going to work. So the guys, so I told the guys, I said, maybe revert back to some simpler things. I said, yep. get some inline spinners, silver, gold tends to work good in the fall time because the water tends to change a little bit. Yep. Gets a gets little, a little stain. stain to yep. it. So gold tends to sometimes work better. Um, in the fall, but silver always works well. I said, I like willow blades, but, you know, any of the blades would be fine. I feel willows just tend to not foul as much. Yeah. I like the Colorados, but I do struggle with keeping them. I mean, if you get – if there's anything in the water, it's going to foul up, and you're spending more time trying to get it fixed than anything else. So I agree with you on that one. So I was showing them that, and then I said just some basic worms of natural colors. Yep. Um, and then they were looking at, like, some of the, the hard baits. I was like, oh, you have a higher failure rate. It's a little more you difficult do. and things like that. So I said – But they're awful fun. Maybe stay away from those, but try these simpler things. Get yep. out there try it. When you jig the worm, jig it slow on the bottom, tap, tap, tap. Don't do anything crazy. Wait for that slow bite because they're not that interested, so they're just taking a slow bite. Well, and you mentioned something about that, too, while in our first one, about what that feels like, what they should expect to feel. Yeah, so you, so there's different ways, of course, to fish head, and it's depending on what they're doing. Right. Um, so back to, like, winter fishing or really early spring fishing. Yep. If you find a pot with, like, a, so we used to fish the streams a lot of the times that would back off of ponds. Mm-hmm. And you would go to the stream and you would look for curves and you find a deep spot and you yep. sit there and you would have one large predatory bass living in that hole. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is, is when it would rain, they would all swim up, find a hole, mm-hmm. live in that hole until it rains again and they go down the stream or they stay up there or whatever. But you normally had one bass in there that was pretty big. Yep. And what we would do is we would chug a worm in there and just bounce off the bottom real slow. Just rubber worm, full size, mm-hmm. natural color. Something dark, and it would sit there, and then all of a sudden, you would feel like you got snagged. You just go, uh, it would just stop. Yep. They wouldn't pull; it would just stop, and you go, "Oh, I'm snagged," and you'd go like this because you, you know, you didn't pull it hard. So you're thinking, "Let me just tap it off of what I got snagged on." And when you go tap, 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 then you go uh, a little bit of a pull. You go, "Oh, I got a fish!" I got a fish, and that's when you set it. Then, and right. then, then they'll fight. The reason is they're lethargic because the water's cold. Yep. They're not eating a lot. They're tired. The reason he hit it was because it bounced right by his face. Right. So he just took it. Just got a good look. You know right what I mean? There. Like, oh, I'll just take it so it's small. So I tell them, bounce it real slow off the bottom, and if they're really not interested, they're going to take it with a really slow bite. Mm-hmm. Tends to be. So 
those are the things I told the guys. And, you know, and like I said, multiple people asked the same question, which was really weird. Yeah. Um, and they all left. And then as the days went on, they came back the next week. And everybody yep. said, everything you said worked. Yeah. They said, I went from catching nothing. I caught like four decent, really probably bigger ones I've ever caught. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, that's because you just have to switch it up sometimes. So I find oh, yeah. with people a lot of times is that we get really big into trying new things and gimmicky things and things that are different. And that's fun. That's half the part of fishing is trying to find that new lure that's better oh, yeah. than everything and trying to find all these things and to be that person yeah. that finds it. But the reality is sometimes that when things get really difficult, we don't think to revert back to what's a simple white and red spoon in the, yep. in the tackle box. The reason it's been around for hundreds of years is because it works. Because it works. I just read the other day the bio on the guy who started MEPS. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was really interesting because there was a man in France, and I can't remember his name, but he was making the spinners. Right. Is he ever seen made in France? That was because he was actually making them in France. Okay. And a World War II vet was over there. Right. And he was in France. And he brought a spinner home. That <laughs> dude killed it. <laughs> took it home and was fishing with it and caught, couldn't catch anything, had the spinner, took it out there and bagged his limited trout in like an hour. <laughs> so all of a sudden he realizes these things are working, they're great. Yep. So then he meets a girl who's, I think she was like a French citizen who was, she might have been working for an airline or something like that. So she went and he was trading her pantyhose. <laughs> For lures, because there was a lot of panty. I swear it was a true story. There was a lot of pantyhose here, but not over wherever she was in France. So she was trading them, and he was selling out of them. And he got to the point where he was selling so many, she didn't need as many pantyhose as she was bringing back, you know, these lures for. That's crazy. So then he makes an agreement with the guy from France to just start importing them. They had a little tackle shop. The back tackle shop had a back office. They started selling them out of there. They wound up closing the shop and opening a big warehouse and just selling the maps. <laughs> the American dream. And right then there. from there, that's how they started making them in the U.S. and become the company they are now. Yeah. Um, all off of this random lure that just happened to work really well. Everybody wants to be that guy of that course. finds that first lure. Of course. And somebody wants to do something different. But the reality is sometimes yeah. when those things aren't working, it's not going, just revert back to what you know. Yeah. And I tell people, too, if you – and if you'd want to target certain things, because a lot of people don't want to use like inline spinners yep. or worms, they don't want to catch panfish and they don't want to catch crappy because they're big. I simply use a bass spinner. Yeah. You know, something that's skirted with double points. You're not going to catch a bluegill on that unless he's a monster. Right. And if so, then and that's if you do, great. good on you. Yes, I mean, that sounds fun <laughs> I'll take to me. that all day long. So, yeah, that, that was the big discussion I had um, yeah, about we... the lake and about just in general, um, sometimes that becoming a problem. But then you brought up some, some, Fact, because you actually out there probably about yeah. the time we were talking. Yeah, so we, uh, me and Allie fished today, and um, we had, uh, we got out there a little later than what we liked, but uh, still, you know, uh, put the kayaks in. By the way, we talked about this as well. You know, the they have a new kayak launch that is absolutely awesome. Um, I'm a huge fan. Uh, before you're trying to launch from the shore, and the shore's kind of eroded a little bit, and this new kayak launch is, it's ADA- um, it's an ADA compliant ramp. So you can, um, if you're, you have some type of disability and, or you struggle to get in and out of a kayak or launch one, this, you can legit walk out or, or you can roll out. If you're in a wheelchair, um, park your wheelchair. It's got the capability of putting this, uh, little, um, kind of like seat thing that'll, uh, you can slide out to into your kayak and then, legit just pull yourself right off and you're done and you're all fishing it's so the ramp is super super cool i'm glad they put it in um for our kayaks our kayaks are really heavy so it's um it's nice to have that but uh, anyway beside 
uh, aside from that, we um, we got out and we were we were fishing, and it was kind of a slow day. Um, Allie got skunked, uh, which does not happen often, uh, but she got skunked today. And to her own credit, she was trying a bunch of new things and new rods, and you know, uh, trying to learn, right? But uh, I was out there and I was throwing a gigantic uh, crankbait, and what I found was the things that these fish were hitting on were stuff that was highly visible, but very lifelike. Um, the color pattern I was using was like a you know small bass type deal um, with a yellow tail on it, and it wiggles hard. You know, big bill on it, so it got you know dives pretty deep. Um, there, you have to be a little careful because there's a lot of grass in that lake, so you don't you don't want it kind of burying its nose. So you got to you know pay attention to that, but. Um, and structure. Um, maybe, you know, they weren't really hanging out like under trees like you would expect it. for it to be so hot. You thought, you know, uh, if they're going to be close to the shoreline, they're definitely going to be by the trees, you know. And um, But shaded areas, definitely open shaded areas. Um, structure was a big one. Uh, found a lot there. Uh, hooked into, you know, two really, really good ones. And, and to kind of tell people a little bit more about that, uh, Sleater Lake has got my personal best there. You know, my, my personal record is at Sleater Lake, and it is there are some monster bass there. So, um, but uh, I fished that and I caught some really good ones. And then right at the end, um, I switched over to our tackle frog. Uh, probably not the best decision to go from a crankbait to a tackle frog. We've kind of talked about that. Uh, totally different way of fishing, but um, I was throwing it in the pond scum, and uh, this monster just he came right up i mean you could see the you know the scum start to kind of move underneath the frog and i was like oh this yeah. and thinking i'm fishing with a crankbait i went to go set the hook and fortunately unfortunately i had a loop in my line and it didn't work and it was it was just awful so not the right way to fish the the frogs you know like you know and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that but uh uh missed him but uh the fish that i've seen there if you're fishing close to the shore lifelike um, really, really lifelike type situations. Topwater's not hitting yet. I think it's still too, a little too hot in the pond, or a little too hot in that lake right now. I think as it cools down a little bit more, topwater's going to come so back. You're, you're getting in my, some guys, I don't know, some guys will fish all year. Yeah. With topwater. Yeah. I, I don't tend to have that much luck with it. Um, but I tend to find that just this, fun, this time of year coming around is when you're really going to start getting hits. I'll throw topwater all year. Oh, yeah. If you don't, um, I mean, something's wrong with you. I'll get hits, but I tend to—I tend to be like fish are way too small, way, yeah. way too small, yeah. trying to hit big livers. Oh yeah. Um, but I tend to get the, the big boys out there feeding in the end of the end of the summer into the yep. early fall, um, where it's still you know, that really orangey sky. Yep. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I always—I don't know, but I want to say when, it is. That's yeah. when I notice them a lot. Yeah. Um, but the frog—it's a non-forgivable lure. It is. If you screw up, you're not going to soft get... body frogs. Yeah. You know, like these, like so. You know, we look at it because it's the whole idea is that's supposed to squeeze in, right? You know, so it's it's hollow, so it's buoyant, and then it's also like that too because it protects the hook. It's like weedless, right? Which is so awesome. It's kind of yeah, it's, it's great for what it does, but the hook it's got he's got to bite ahead of it, squeeze the body down, and then get hooked. So you got to have that delay, right? And you naturally want to jerk it. You do, especially after you've been fishing with crankbaits. So it's it's um. It's like buck fever. It is. When they hit them, you got to eat a weight. And um, you do, you do. They're not like I said. They're not forgiving. 
They're hard to use, but God, when they work. When they hit, just, it's, it's awesome, so man. Fun. It is so cool. I take 10 regular fish. I take one one of these for 10 regular catches. Oh, yeah. Long. I mean, yeah, yeah. The water explodes and they go after it. Oh, it's it's so, it's but that's the joy of top water, you know. I mean, it's, um, can you catch more with a worm sitting on the bottom? I think I could. I mean, the reality is I could probably go buy a, a, a drop shot rig. <laughs> I could probably go and take a pack of worms in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. With a teeny little hook and a little bit of, uh, you know, lead and yep. put it out there. And catch, catch them all day spot, long. Spot, oh, not spot. Catch um, bluegill all day long. Oh yeah, but I, it's boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? After, it gets boring after a while. I want to go yeah. catch some. Now they're and, and don't get me wrong. There's guys that go after crappy and they catch bluegill oh, yeah. and they Insane. catch those monsters, those big slab sites. Yeah, I've never even seen one like so the people pull out. Yeah, I take the only time that I ever caught anything really big. Years ago, I was fishing in an undisclosed location <laughs> and that I wasn't supposed to be fishing in. And it's, it's amazing. But we were back there fishing, and we were in a canoe, and it was a friend of mine with me, and it was a little two-person canoe. Okay. So it's even scarier. I'm not a big canoe fan in general. I love them. <laughs> like a kayak is okay. I don't say the canoe because I'm, like, below the water. I like I like. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Like, I get it. That's what I like about them. It's so cool. So we were out there fishing, and... This place, you you can slam bass or like three pounds all day long. It's nothing. Nice. And you're just starting out to catch them, catch them, catch them, catch them, catch them. Yep. Like if you don't throw big enough lures, you won't catch anything. Yeah. Like you have to throw a certain size lure or don't catch anything. That's and insane. if you went there and you didn't know that, you'd think there's no fish there. No, they're there. They just won't hit anything small because they're just, that's how they are. Yeah. They're so picky. We were out there fishing and I caught yet again, I think another bass, a couple pounds, fighting really well. Right. And because I'm in this canoe, I took the rod up like this. So the buddy in front of me, and I said, hey, can you lip that yeah. fish for me? <laughs> oh, you're that kind and of you friend. you see the mouth of it. It's, it, looks like a, it looks like a bass. Right, know? right, right. And I was like, oh, that's just a bass. And he looks at it, and he lips it. And you can tell it's not a bass, and it's about it's a slab, huh? Big. It's a white crappie. Oh, yeah. Those things are so cool. I had never even seen a white yeah. crappie. Yep, yep. I've never caught one. I've seen them, but I've, I've never caught one. black crappie. Oh, yeah. I had never seen a white crappie my whole life. Yeah. Nor one that was that big. He oh, literally cool. lipped that thing like it was a bass. That's crazy. And we just were like stunned that it was there. And yeah. I, I was like, I don't know. And this was this was years ago. I mean, we had phones, but like you weren't as quick with your phone. Like yeah, I no, take a no, picture, no. like you didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah. You, you had a capability, but you, you didn't. Or we probably left the phones in the car anyways because right. they got any kind of water. But they were destroyed. <laughs> exactly. And I remember being like, that was the, the big, that had to be the biggest crappie I'd ever oh, that's caught cool. or seen in my oh, entire yeah, life. For sure. And it was just swimming around there. But other than that, I've never catched any bluegill that were really big. Yeah. Always. I've, I've caught a few, um, but mostly like like South Alabama and the creeks and things like that. That same place used to produce really, really, really pretty pumpkin seeds. Really? Really bright orange behind the gills yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I it love those fish. They're gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. There's another kind of blue gill, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they were they were just really, really vibrant. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never i never seen any with that much color in them. Kind of it, but that's a, you know, the testament to that's a testament to the water quality and what they're eating and food source and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. The opposite <laughs> way around maybe too. I don't know. Yeah. Um the place it was Yeah. I don't think I would eat any fish out of there in the next like thirty years. Yeah, well. But they looked healthy. <laughs> they didn't have sores on them or anything. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes, but that that uh yeah, they, that fish that channel. Peter got yeah, that, that flathead, flathead. I thought it looked like it had a fish theory or something. Yeah. Um That's crazy. You know, that that was a big thing back in 
the early 2000s. 2000s. That yeah. was a big thing. That I, yeah. They thought that was Michaela Fish. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she's going through them like It crazy. almost did. Well, you know, out there, especially like in the Potomac, um, the growth, and you you know this from diving, yeah. Um, the growth on the pylons and stuff, you rub up against that and some particles, you get You're scratched done. up, and shit won't heal for months. Oh, yeah, no. Because it's just eating from your flesh. Oh, yeah. And you, just, yep. and you itch it, and it just kind of feels weird. Oh, yeah. And you're like, man, I wish it would just go away. And I remember yeah. knowing guys who had that scar. Oh, yeah, my niece has it. That, that hatch mark yep. scar all over because it just took so long to heal. Oh, yeah. Just do it. My niece fell off a dock. And she swam over to grab the pylon, and she has scars down her side um, from grabbing a hold of the barnacles. Everybody would have it, just, they would have it here. Oh, yeah. And they have it on, like, like the calves. Calves, yeah. You know what I mean? From, like, grabbing on a stuff or doing something or whatever. Yeah. You know, amazingly, and I used to scrape boat bottoms as a kid. Oof. That's all I did, like, when I was, like, 16. Not even 16. I was in drive 14 Fourteen to sixteen. Yeah, it was brutal. I know that's that's tough work. We used to, and that wasn't a uh, a lift with stands. That was an old um, railroad lift. Oh, good lord! So no. when they'd rush them, no. so you had to like yeah, dig no. around. No, but we would pull them out, and I would scrape them by hand because they yeah, were wooden no. boats. And uh, I think the only reason I never got anything from that was I was so. This is I don't know if this isn't any better, but I was so covered in muriatic acid all the time. No, oh. because that's what you would you would scrape yeah. it, and then you'd spray muriatic acid to get the little bits of burn off. Yep. And I think that I just had so. I remember when I first started doing it when I was young, I I had to wear gloves and acid because it hurt. Right. By the time I was done, I would just I could take my acid with my hands as I put it on the boat. And you, and you had no fingerprints. Like it didn't even it didn't even hurt anymore. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And it has a weird. It has a oh, smell. Yeah. So it has a it has a when you open it smell. Yeah. And then it has a smell when it starts to react. Yeah. To do whatever with, it's killing or taking any kind off. Or of, I guess it reacts with any kind of like so like like a sodium like yeah. a, like a bone or anything like that because mm-hmm. it's getting that hard part calcium. of particle of calcium, yep. and the second you, and it has that different smell when it's yep. a foam. Oh yeah, oh man, that like brings back memories. Like I can smell it right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, so no, so the 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 diseases and stuff with the fish and and the water and even that bacteria that you get that is not necessarily bad. Like right. it's bad to a person. Right. Right. But to the to the ecosystem, some of those bacteria that it has to have. Yeah, it has to be there. Like if you know anything about like fish tanks, like your saltwater fish tanks, yep. when you first cycle them, you're waiting for that blue, yeah, um, growth to grow, and it's it's an algae slash yep. some kind of bacteria, or whatever it is, that goes through and, and does its thing. So yep. a lot of that has to be, but it just doesn't wreck it with oh, yeah. people. Yeah, and um, I don't. But a fishteria was different. That was open. Oh sores. yeah, open sores, and it was it was gross. Because you'll mean. see sores from fishteria. You'll see uh, sores from. Um, Mercury poison too. Yep. Well, there's a there's a huge, huge, huge mercury level in the Potomac. And if you go and you actually look at the Virginia um, uh, wildlife resources and Friends of Potomac and all these other things, it tells you the amount of actual. Actually, it's it's the health departments I think put it out, but um, I have to look it up. But it tells you the amount of fish you're allowed to eat out of the Potomac based off of mercury levels. So you can do some really interesting math in general yeah. with, with the mercury levels. Um, if you're going to eat fish, and this is a lot of like pregnant women will have this yeah, issue. Six ounces like or less or stay away from it. You can do, it's smarter to eat fish that don't have a long life cycle. Right. Yep. Um, so like, for example, like, like well, it's a mahi dies so fast. Like oh, yeah. you go from, You've to by the way, you ever seen an actual juvenile? The colors are totally they're, different. Yeah, absolutely. They look like a they're weird so little. Cool. They look like a little puppet. They yep. look real. But when they're so when you eat them, they're not very old at all, and they have like little to no mercury. Oh yeah. Them. 
and they're one of the bigger fish that don't. But if you went and got like a, so like a like a skipjack or a, even the, the the eyes, the little tunas, they're okay. Yeah, but the bigger the, ones, the bigger ones, they're so old. Yeah, that they get so much mercury in their system and it yep. never goes away. That that's where you get like a bluefin. Oh yeah, full of mercury. Oh, yeah. people are like, oh, I love bluefin tuna. I'm like, it's fine. But I'm like, you're talking about a mercury. That's the thing that's full of mercury. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those big old fish. Yep. You know what I mean? They last forever. It kind of goes back to too, like when they talk about, um, like drum. Yeah. Like when you look at some like black drum. Yeah. Like those giant black drum. I'm not even talking at this point about mercury, but they just get so old that they're not going to oh, yeah. eat anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean, where you're just like, I don't want yeah, that. I'm not eating that thing. God, I, want, no. I want a young one. You know, yeah. you've got it. And, and a lot of times there's going to be like worms in the flesh. Oh, yeah. And people right now are cringing like, well, it's part of, part of nature. But oh, yeah. As they get older, they get lots of worms. A lot of lots them. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. like, you don't even want to mess with it no, at all. Not at all. Not but like your young fish, like cod, you know, things yep. like that, those kind of fish that go fast. And you can find the worms. There's, there's certain of those, depending on where you're at, too, because there's like, um, you'll find drum or, you know, mackerel or something like that in the Gulf, right? And they won't have worms in them or very, very few, um, which is crazy. Whereas everywhere else, you'll they'll be chock full of worms. And- it seems to me that the, um, so you know how we have, just like we have with geese. Yeah. You have your, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> your migratory fish yeah. and then that, that should, mig- should migrate. Yeah. And then you have like these random ones that just don't leave. Yeah. And they stay all year. Resident the, geese. The <laughs> and you have resident fish. Yeah. And it seems like the resident, like, bat, like striped bass and yep. stuff are just Chomp. always ridden with disease. Oh, yeah. And I think it's because I don't know if they get – and, I, and uh, again, this is me, Mark, made up science. Right. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they just never get out in the salinity that cleanses them more. Yeah, I don't know. You know, if they don't get out in the ocean, yep. like of like uh, sea lice. Yeah. Like, you don't see anything in the Potomac with sea lice, and I wonder if that's, like – that that might even help clean them. Well, they you know have, what I mean. They, there's cleaner like fish that. out there. You got moraines, and you know all of those. Uh, you know, there's a ton of different fish out there that help clean that. And but I also do think that different salinities, you know, change that. You know, and and when fish move more, they're less apt to have you know the worms. They're less apt to have you know the parasites that are living on them and things like that. And they're so, probably less likely to rub on stuff. Yeah, exactly. On stuff and get weird exactly. bites. Yep. Well, too, if you look as well as, um, and it's funny we were talking about getting. You know, these cuts and stuff like we've yep. had if you've been in the water enough. I can remember hurting myself in another manner, like having a cut or having a wound or something, mm-hmm. and going out swimming. Swimming, and, and it'll be cleaned up in the two so, days. It's so much faster. Oh, yeah. And especially I was saltwater. Oh, yeah. Freshwater, I didn't really matter. But, no, but saltwater, saltwater water, it would always seem to take care of it or any kind of brackish mix. Yep. And I don't know what else is in there with it, but it would always seem to speed <laughs> it up so much faster. Yep. Than it would, and it never scarred. Yeah, that much. that first ten seconds of getting in that salt water, yeah. those sucks. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's always funny. There's a double-edged sword to all this. Oh, there is, there is. Um, but one thing I wanted to tell people before I forget, and I won't go on a rampage because we're closing in on our time. But one thing I wanted to remind people is if you're fishing, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, if you fish and you go out and you see people, you know, you're with your your friend, your buddy, your wife, your you know spouse, whatever. Um, and you're out or your kids and you're fishing, cool. Hang out with them, talk with them, do whatever, right? If you don't know somebody, either go introduce yourself and that's cool. You got a new fishing buddy or stay away from them. Don't, don't like if you're fishing and you put your, you, you know, and, and you're active, you're in the active, you know, position of fishing. You have a lure out in the water and you're reeling in on your rod and reel don't go roll over their bait. 
don't go get like four feet away from their <laughs> from their stuff and sit there and start fishing. That's not okay. That's not proper etiquette. You know, don't be a jerk. You know, there's and the reason why I bring that up happened today at Sleater. Sleater is a huge lake. There's absolutely no reason why you need to be right on top of somebody because there were literally maybe five people out there all day today. Um, and this guy came up and, and the same thing goes for people that are on the shore. If you're on, if you see people on the shore and you're in a kayak, don't roll over their lines. Don't, don't do that. That's wrong. You know, that that's have some common courtesy, right? You know, that that's, that's bad form. Just, you want to introduce yourself? Cool. Don't do it by driving up on their lines or don't do it by, Oh, I'm just going to sit right here because this is my fishing spot. It's a big lake, you know? Cool. I'll go find somewhere else to go, but don't be that. Don't be that person. Don't don't do it. It's such an ass move. Um. So that's what happened. So uh, yeah, people do public weird, service announcement there. Weird stuff sometimes. You, you like wondering, what are they? What are they thinking? When yeah. They do that? You know, I used to remember. <laughs> He's such a jerk. Be the complete opposite, like the other way. Like we'd be out like jet skiing or something. We'd come back to the dock. Be a public boat slip, which I just hate using public boat ramps. Like if I could get a marine use one, I'd rather use that. Okay. Than like a real one, like right. right by the county. Yeah. And you'd come back, and there'd be like all these people like fishing. Yep. In, in the, the ramp. ramp. <laughs> yeah. And the sign says there's like a thousand signs that say if a boat approaches, reel up your lines. Yeah. And they just sit there, and then they get like I remember like somebody get really shitty with me one time because one of the other people I was with caught a line. Yep. With a jet ski, and I was like, whoa. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, did you not see him coming over here? Like, it wasn't like, we're not going out of our way to snag your line. Like, you're literally in the right. ramp itself. I wasn't doing circles around the pier. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. People just, people don't, they, they right. get crazy. Um, and there's always somebody out there that's always going to be doing something. Of course. And there's always somebody, I feel really bad for the guys that, <clears throat> the younger kids that go out and fish. Yep. And they're fishing from shore. And they're fishing drainage ponds, yep. and they're fishing little things, and people are yelling at them and harassing yep. them, and I yep. don't understand why people do it. I don't understand why they think it's necessary. I don't understand why people don't understand the law. Right. Like when somebody's in a boat, they're like bass boat, and they're fishing around, and people are like, you can't fish here as it's private. There's no such thing as private water. Right. Unless it's within your, if there's no entrance to it. Right. Within your land. But if it's if it's to a lake or a stream or a creek, yeah. and there's access from the lake or the stream or the creek from the public, they can be there all they want. Right. They you just know, can't step foot on private land. When what, you, you know. start talking all this crazy you yeah. know, shit, I just don't. And I it happens all the time. I don't it happens people. all the time. I don't get it. But it's people want to exercise their authority or something. I don't know. But Well, it's, you know, and I understand too, like the other night. Okay, here. Oh, here's a really good example of being courteous. The other night we were bow fishing. Yeah. We were out there and mm -hmm. we were on the uh, Potomac. We were north of the 301 Bridge, Fort Washington area. That's about where we yep. were. And when we were up there, there were a lot of people that had houses on the water, and yep. it was a decent day. And when we went out at night that night, there were a couple times we pulled up, and people were on their piers yep. or on the edge, yep. and they had a fire going, and they were hanging out. And we literally had a boat is just full of lights. Yep. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And we went, and before we would go right up to the edge of the docks and go all the way around. Yep. When we saw somebody, we made a huge circle yep. Lines all out. the way yep. around them just so that we didn't bother them or, yep. or, or do anything to them or annoy them. And not because we had to. We don't have to do anything. No. You can do whatever you want. But, That's proper etiquette. But why be a jerk and just right? you know, do Absolutely. stuff like that and piss people off? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's. there's always a time to be – just because you can do something doesn't mean, doesn't you, mean should you should do something. Right. And I've always been a big proponent of that. Is that you know, people tend to get really mad about stuff. Yep. And there's also situations that things happen and you can't 
stop them and there's, you know, it's, it's just, just the way it stuff is. Stuff happens. And but if you let stuff like that ruin your day, you know, like today, that, that that guy, it was too nice of a day to let him bother me. You know, it just, but, you know, hey, I got a podcast. I can say something about that guy. <laughs> oh. uh, but I'm not. You know, it, it was a gorgeous day for, for five minutes, that guy. Hopefully he caught a, you know, he caught some big ones and enjoyed where he was at too, you know. But common courtesy says don't do that. So, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's just, you know. But it's you see it sometimes too, like out in the boat world a lot of times. Like I always used to laugh. So like when I grew up, we were in a big, big, big body of water. And I remember the first time I went to somewhere that was really packed was like uh, Lake Anna. Right. And I was like, how do you do this? Right. You're I, so I know. close to each other. Yeah. Second and most dangerous like, lake in the country. In oh, the country. it's totally fine. And I'm like, this nope. is ridiculous. Nope. Not at all. Like this place is so choppy from boats. Yeah. Not from the wind, not from anything, just yeah, from no. boats. Yeah, I was like, no. this is, and I've been down there maybe a handful of times in my life. And a couple of things, like we never did that great fishing. Like we, I know we had a couple of times when I caught Chad did pretty good yeah. striped bass. You fish fishing. the public. If you, if you're fishing the public side, it's hard fishing. If you, fuck, if you fish the, or if you fish the resident side, it's, it's better. Never, but, never even been on the other side. Yeah, other so. than the public side. But it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I guess it also depends on where you're used to being. Yeah. If you're used to being somewhere where everything's all close, then it's not that yep. weird to you, you know? Yeah. I never liked, um, so when I grew up in the marina that we were in, the channel was really tight to the marker. Right. You basically had to rub the marker to go out. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, if there was another boat coming in, yeah. like, the, like, you had to be on that marker, and he had to be right on you. And I can remember coming <laughs> in and out, and we're pushing, we're, our boats were like, you know, 30 foot or so. Right. You know, like another thirty foot boat coming in. You're like, sucking in, <laughs> and you're like, I was here. I'm not going anywhere. And he's, you know, and he's, I'm not going anywhere. Anyways, it's like, it's too late now. We're both committed. Right. And I just remember, like, oh my god, this is just terrifying. And I'm like, am I the asshole? But it, it, you don't really have that yeah. any option at that moment. You just have to, you know, to deal with it. But I guess if you dealt with that kind of stuff every day, you just become mm-hmm. that person. I don't, I don't know. I think that that. uh People take a blind eye to courtesy and also safety. You know, safety's key more than anything else. Oh, yeah, I agree. You got to be on top of it. You do. So that leads me to another question that we need to talk about, too, yeah, actually. Of course. So before time goes. We have a couple minutes. I was off a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but we got time anyway. So one of the things that um, we went bow fishing. We did go bow fishing. We had two boats. So we went boat fishing um, <laughs> down in let's break it down. So we so this was the second time that we went as a group. Yep. Um, the first time we went down to the Rappahannock, which is in South Central Virginia. Port I don't know Royal. how you call it. It's so it's um, <sighs> past Figure, the Harry yep. Nice Bridge from three hundred one. So it's not Southern Virginia, right? It's not Northern Virginia. What's well, Fredericksburg <clears throat> area? You know, Fredericksburg, Pasadena, Fredericksburg. Central Virginia. I guess, yeah. I guess. Say. It's not too far away. Yeah, no. it's not. But it's not okay. the northern neck. That's so we went out. so we went so we went out to the Rappahannock <laughs> and we fished there. Yeah. Um this time we went and we had to change plans a bunch of times. Yeah. We were initially gonna go to the same place, but we, we didn't. Um and we went out to the Potomac. Right. Um, like I said, north of the three oh one bridge in the Fort Washington area. A couple things to be said. Yeah. We will talk about the differences. Um, when we went to the Rappahannock, it was very shallow. Yep. It hadn't rained. Yep. It was super clear. We saw a ton of fish. Yes. The Potomac. Actually, it did rain, but. I'm sure it didn't seem like it. Yeah. Oh, it did. It just rained. It didn't yeah, it rain rained that day. There. Like, it yeah. rained, like, okay. 
And then, but the Potomac was much deeper. Yep. Oh, was that the dog? Yeah, that was the dog. <laughs> was, I thought it was somebody talking. That was Moose over there. Yeah. So um, it was much deeper, and it was different. It was way different. Yep. So um, we went out there, and we had eight people, two boats. Uh, one we went with the gentleman, Cecil, who we had gone with before. Yep. Bad habits. Um, and Boat fishing. you went with... What are the people you went with? Um, you remember Anna? I don't remember the name of they their... were nice. They were they were yeah, they're they're all associated with each other. Yeah, um, all part of um, the whole thing with. Uh, yeah, Travis I don't know. I think they're part of Travis's. I think they're part of Ramrod. Yeah, um, well, because that's who we talked to was Travis. So we yeah. booked the whole thing with Travis, right? And then these were the two boats that he sent out. We've been out with season before. These are the, the, the it's a younger couple you went out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Great. They're fantastic. Yeah, Cecil was good. Cecil was, was just as good as he was last time. Yep. I, I will say that he did seem to be at a disadvantage, and they all did, seem to be at quite a disadvantage because they hadn't really fished there much, right. if at yeah. all. So yeah. I think they were there was a bit of a, a learning curve kind of going for on sure. at the same time. Um, which was cool. Which was know? fine. You know, hell, it was a learning curve for us. So um, we went out. Um, I can talk about how we did. Yeah. Um, so myself and Anna were on one boat, and then we had two other people with us. Right. Um, first time bow fishing for the other two people. Yep. Um, they went out. We didn't see as many as we'd seen before. Yeah. Um, when we went out in the Rappahannock, I, I, I seriously we saw thousands upon thousands of oh, yeah. catfish. I mean, oh, easily, yeah. Anywhere like, you looked. Every time you looked, there were schools of them. This yeah. time, it was like 100 or so. We saw the whole day. Yeah. We saw a lot of goldfish. Yeah. We saw a lot of stuff in yeah. the water. A lot of like yeah. just debris. There was a lot of debris in the water. Everything. It was um, gross. We saw a lot of carp, which we didn't see that much of in the uh, Rappahannock. Right. So I will say this about the Potomac. The environment was different and it yep. has its pros and cons. Yep. Um, now, was, I've been out there without without you all. I was the first one to go out there. And it was a completely different. Oh, so you went into Potomac? Yeah, first yeah, time. yeah. Okay. We didn't go that far north. We went into Leesville. So I find that when we were where we were, and yet again, the weather conditions could be yeah. different because it rained. Um, the water was deeper. There was a lot of grass. The grass yeah. was different. Yeah, it's a different kind of grass than the grass we'd seen there. Whereas yep. before, when we were in the Rappahannock, we were pushing, and the fish were just coming out. Oh yeah. I don't think they were coming out of the grass as much when we were no. out there this time, but they didn't care. Yeah. A lot of different fish, like we saw bass, yep. and we saw, I didn't see any bass in Rappahannock. Right. All I saw was catfish and some um, gar. We saw catfish. We saw snakehead. We saw a bunch of different types of carp. Um, we saw a bunch of, like, koi goldfish yep, goldfish, stuff. yep. But they're so damn small. <laughs> they don't look small yeah. in the water. Yeah. They look like, like you're going to hit them. Yeah. So you're throwing arrows at them all day long. So there's a whole bunch of invasive stuff over there, like yep. crazy. Um, but the water was deeper, yep. and I'll tell you, it was much harder for yep. us to hit anything and to see anything. And a lot of times, you know, I don't – if you've been bow hunting for fish, fish bow fishing, <laughs> you yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> if you've been bow fishing, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But the deeper the water is, it is increasingly – Difficult. Like, oh God, yes. Yeah, and the increasingly. Deeper, the deeper it gets, it increases exponentially. Like, I'll, I'll not give you too much grief um, for that one. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets harder fast. Yeah. So if you're shooting in a foot or two of water, yeah, it's great. Right. If you're shooting in two to four feet of water, right. I mean four to yeah, two to four, it's a whole different world. Yeah, absolutely. Completely different. Oh, yeah. So we went from shooting in some shallow water to shooting some deep water. Right. 
And I tell you what, before I sat in the back of the boat, just like I did this time, because I yep. wanted the new people that had never been up in the front by where the big lights were. Right. And I anticipated the fish they they missed, like right. we did last time. Clean up. We would just wail them out the back. Yeah. Not so the we case. were doing that in the Rappahannock. <laughs> yep. And we, we both did the same thing. We're just smashing them. Yep. I didn't get a single fish the whole yeah. time this time. I didn't even <laughs> hit one. And I was and, and I was aiming the same way I had before, yeah. doing the same stuff I had done before. Yeah, there was nothing different, but I couldn't nail a single one, and I didn't get one. Yeah, um, the people that were up front, they each got one each. Yeah, um, but that was no, they got sorry, two, they got yeah, two each. Two yeah, each so they yeah. got four, and it just it was not not an easy game. I tell people though, going into this, there's two things you got to know. Number one, it's hard, right? It's hard. Number two, you have to suck at something before you get better. True, and those are the two things you have to keep in mind with bow fishing. Our boat was a little bit different. Um, um, we had two new uh, two new folks on there, and then me and Allie on on that boat. And um, smaller boat, a little bit closer to water. So um, I think that you know, you and I kind of talked a little bit about that. I think that played to an advantage for us. So you guys went basically. You guys went north. We went south. Yeah, we went north for the first five ten minutes, and then we turned around and started following you all. So, oh, did you guys go south yeah, after that? Yeah, okay. yeah. We just went. We were trying to give everybody enough space, right? Uh, so then we started coming back down behind you, and kind of followed, and then we went over to you know closer to the Virginia side for a little bit, and fished over there. And um, but the 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 actual part of it, and, and I'll tell you, <laughs> Emily is beast, man. She was slinging arrows as fast as she could. Um, but a couple of really cool things, as you know. I, I got up on the front a little bit, but I, I stayed in the cleanup spot, kind of you know making sure the folks that were, you know, new had a, had opportunities and and they took it full on because uh, we won. Anyway, <clears throat> um, we uh, they 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 were slinging arrows and having a great time, but I did I found it really really hard to hit them from the cleanup spot like I was doing from you know Cecil's boat in the Rappahannock. So there was that, and then we had. Um, I was shooting a recurve, um, and I kind of liked it. Um, they're very fast, like as far as, you know, reaction time, it's, there's, you don't have to, you know, if I get it back. Cause you don't necessarily need the full pull. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't, you can really, really snap them out there quick. So, um, do I think I'd, I don't think I'd stick with the recurve. I mean, they're fun. Uh, but it was a whole new learning curve for me because there's no draw set, which got me out of the habit of being a, a bow hunter, like a deer hunter, right? You're not going to do that with a recurve. You just pull it back, snap, go, pull it back, snap, go, you know? So that was cool. Um, but all in all, um, we saw from all accounts, we saw way more than y'all did, you know, and, and as far as fish. Um, so that was what we were talking too was, the catfish you guys had, yeah, every catfish you had was bigger than any we had seen at all that day. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, so like when, so when they pulled the catfish out, I was like, "Damn, those are big." Yeah, and they're like, and you guys, I was like, "Did, did you only see big ones?" And they're like, "No, we saw a whole bunch. Oh, These yeah. are the ones we hit." And yeah. I thought we never saw a big fish yeah, no. at all. We saw bigger ones than that than, so we, than never, we shot. We you know, never saw any big we ones. saw huge carp. Huge. I mean, we saw massive, like one big, big carp, and he he saw us, yeah, and he went in head first, and his tail was sticking out, yeah. And I was just slinging arrows, but again, I, I think the killer, and I knew it was different, and you know, I knew it was really different, was right? 
when we were out the first time and we would miss fish, yeah, it's the next boat, and I can remember leaning over and just and yep. hitting them and being like four inches from them. Yeah. Now when they were next to the boat, they were still two feet down. Oh yeah. So yeah. leaning over, I wasn't hitting them. Yep. So it was it was definitely tricky. Oh um, yeah. And that's why you know, I, I told you the first time we went out, I hit one fish, one. That was it. The yeah, whole I night. I didn't get a single one that, yeah. in the back. Now, that was, you know. Yeah, and like I did, I, I wasn't necessarily trying the right hardest. Right, yeah. yeah, I was like, let them get up there. Let, yeah, them, let them have a good time. I was flicking arrows. I, I to be honest, I really wanted to get one of those koi. Oh, yeah. Because they just like mock you the whole time. Oh, so yeah. I just kind of wanted to get one. Yep. And I think I spent way too much time shooting at things that were too small. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the in the key, if you think about it, the bigger the fish. Yep. The better you are hitting it. Oh yeah, because bigger target, bigger target. Absolutely. <laughs> so it was like those, those, uh, that one gar Peter got was yeah. tremendous. Oh yeah. I was like, no wonder you hit that guy. He was huge. Oh yeah. You know, whereas the other ones that we had gotten when we went out hunting them that one night, yeah, none were that fat. No. They were never that thick. No, 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 no. Um, but the amazing thing was the flathead. Oh yeah. The flathead so with swords. We we were, had, the flathead with swords. We have, we have. Moose is getting pissed. He's ready to go home. He wants to be in the podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the so we'd heard about the Flathead. Yep. We'd heard they were in the river. They'd been around, I guess, for 70 years or so. It was about to start yep. seeing them. And this goes back to, you know, these folklore stories. Where, right. You know, you, you knew they were down south, and you knew they were different places, in Mississippi. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, these these Flatheads, they get to be 8,000 pounds or oh, whatever. Yeah. And you never thought they were really here. And when... Peter was like, what is this fish? And he pulled it out. And I was like. Yeah, I told him. That's a flathead. And yeah. he was like, yeah. And they were like, you think it really? And I was like, guys, it's so obviously a flathead. Oh, yeah. And then when you look at it, you know, it was like. You see it so compared cool to all the other. Yeah. That they that they actually got. Now, it's funny because if you just got that one. Yeah. You might not have really thought much about it. You have a catfish there in the back. Yeah. Because he wasn't mature. Right. But when you saw him next to the other catfish, he was definitely, the second he pulled him out of the cooler. Yeah. Because Peter didn't know. Peter thought there was spots. I oh, said, yeah. no, he has a disease. He has sores. Yeah. Like, he would normally be yellow, gray, that mud, the yep. clay mud color. Um. So, and, and there, you know, and this is where it gets really interesting about flatheads. They're somewhere between a catfish and an apex predator. Yeah. They're not like your typical water rat catfish eat stuff. Yeah, no. They hunt. Oh, yeah. So they're very dangerous for the ecosystem. Like, oh, yeah. They can just start destroying stuff. But I'm going to guess at this rate, they're not going to grow too fast or too big because they're, we're not seeing them in the numbers that you would think they would by right. seven years into it. But it is kind of cool if we're going to, if we're stuck with this invasive stuff, at least it's something that's fun to catch. Right. Um, but yet again, I will say to the testament of, like we've said before, you know, I look, I'll, by all means, go out there and go on these charters and go with these guys fishing. But yep. when you look at that page and you open up and there's that picture of their bow fishing, and they got 25 snakeheads stretched out on the boat. Yep. Mm, not yet. It's not like that. Not yet. And it's not quite as easy as it's it sure as hell not easy. And it's not going to be that just uh, slamming snakeheads all day, as much as it would be great for that to happen. And I'm sure it has happened at times. Well, and, and they say, you know, again, there's seasons for them now, right? Just like your striper and everything else, you know, beginning of the season, you know, uh, March, you know, March through May is when they're saying that you see snakes. And then, you know, October, you know, end of September and October, November, you know, October, end of November or end of October into November. Goodness, I cannot talk um, is the, the other portion of that. So uh, seasons now, you know, it used to be we just rampant. You go out there and stretch them out and you'd have, you know, 
boat, you know, boat deck full. But yeah, well, we you're did, right. We did hunt them. We did this time. Yeah, we versus, tried versus last time. Yeah, we just went out. Last time we just went up another river. This time we went into the marsh. Yeah, uh, we went to the reeds and we yep. watched the reeds and we see stuff moving. Yeah, but the stuff that came out, we, we, you couldn't see it. It was carp, and yep. we never got the chance to. to and they're getting smarter arrows. too. Yeah, you know, that's the other so, thing from what they were. You know, everybody's saying they're starting to hide from the lights and. Um, they didn't see a mirror carp, which yeah. is really rare. We didn't um, get to see the mirror. So. Yeah, they didn't see a mirror. Um, oh, the coolest thing I think I saw was a baby gar. Spider gar? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was about yeah. that big. Those things are so cool. And he was swimming around, but he didn't look like a needlefish. He looked like a spider gar. Had all yeah, the colors. you can tell the difference. His fins were real flappity, and he was really yep. cool. And I thought, man, that was just really, really neat to see. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the mirror carp was cool. Just to see the variety of stuff that was yep. out there. And also to see that impact, like when, you know, if you've got that koi pond and you're like, oh, I'll throw these koi in the river. Yeah, bad move. Oh, my God. They're really everywhere. bad move. I mean, they're all over the place. Oh, yeah. The goldfish Goldfish are just insane. That one goldfish was this big. Oh, yeah. That we got. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Where do these things, you know, so yeah, be a little a little careful about what you're, what you're throwing in the water yeah. out there. Because, I mean, yeah. it's a shame is that if you look at the Potomac, um, it's kind of where the idea of, like, north of 301 Bridge is it's, it's 90% invasive fish. Oh, yeah. Crazy. I mean, other than the bass and the shad, yeah. everything we saw that day was invasive. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is just mind-blowing. It's, it gets like that, you yeah. know, and it just destroys. I mean, it makes you wonder what, what that river was like 100 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other side of that that, that I kind of look at is, you know, the the bow fishing industry quells, a, I, I won't say a lot, but they do a lot for the invasive species. Could you imagine if people weren't going out there and bow fishing? I mean, could you imagine what the... I wish that somebody had done a long-term study before bow fishing got popular in the D.C. metro yeah, area. I'm sure somebody did. And we I, really need I to see what the numbers are from when you didn't have many people at all doing yeah. it to what you had. Because when we went out the day, there were like five or six people at dock going out. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I'd like to see if that's actually, you know, mess with the numbers. Yeah. And then the other thing, I know we're kind of coming up on the end of our podcast but the other thing i wanted to tell you about is uh, we're going to change we're going to come up we're not going to be doing fridays through october yeah we're going to do i can't remember what date we settle on we'll figure it well, out we'll figure but, it out we we'll got some days in there yeah but if this tape thing works maybe we kind of tape it yeah, we'll do, on friday we'll do or live or yeah. something yeah um, so fridays are my friday saturday and sunday of or fridays and saturdays for october are uh, taken up by Scream Loco for the haunted house. It's a new haunted house in Virginia or in Loudoun County. So, uh, we'll leave that about them too. We'll leak everything. <laughs> Go to the haunted house. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Ask for Mike Tippin for a ten percent discount. No, <laughs> <laughs> they'll charge you ten percent more to scare the ever living but Jesus out of you. Um, but it's going to be a really cool haunted house. So if you're into that thing, uh, come out and see us. Uh, we'd love to have you. But Go it's a Mike Tippin at checkout. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. So we'll get that sorted out. Uh, we'll figure out who we're gonna have on in the in the near future. Yep. Um, get some things rolling with that. We'll have the winter done. And um, hunting season's right around the corner. Hunting season's around the corner. We got a lot of stuff to get done, wrapped up. But we do. We will get there. Hopefully, we stop having all these technical difficulties. Yeah. Sorry about all of that. Yeah, it we'll, happens. We'll get it figured out. So. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we got for today. We're getting booed off. And yeah, we are. Okay. No so. Anna's ready to go home. Yeah, she's done. So. All right, well, I appreciate everybody for listening. And, um, you know, like we always say, get the kids out there active fishing, do some stuff like that. Yep. And, uh, get them outside. Go on the Davis Guns at your website and spend some money. Yeah. Or come to the store or <laughs> whatever you like. We're, we're here for you.
All right. Well, cool. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. No matter how crazy, high-tech, or lazy the rest of the country gets, we will always be hunting and fishing. If that's you, you've found your new family. Thanks to our sponsor, Davis Guns and Gear. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. Reach out to us by email at info at thehuntingquest.com. And check us out on Instagram and YouTube at The Hunting Quest. See you next time.